With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Fan. of nine to noon are in the air and we welcome you to twin cities orthopedics performance center i'm paul allen and this is nine to noon at your home for minnesota vikings football practice and uh, their egan facility with a nordo by my side he's mad producer one on twitter follow him if you would be so kind maxwell fuller guides the great ship love covenant uh, from the 651 carpets plus studios and uh, while the football team prepares for the champion chiefs the baseball team our favorite nine the mem- a, a valued member of the local core four. You know, the team with the championship cred? Well, they got it done yesterday, guided by this guy. Does not go. And now it is drilled deep to left field. Going back for a show. Turning, looking. See ya. A two-run home run for Lewis. And just like that, the Twins are up 2-0. You know, Nordo, when you have Michael Kay, yeah. who, who is the Yankees TV Vox, and Alex Rodriguez calling the game on television, you you, you can't you, you just can't be sloppy or shoddy and like mess things up when it's Michael Kay on lead vocals on television, A-Rod by his side. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Now, many people were wondering about, well, you got Michael K, you got A-Rod, Yankees connections, they must be trolling the Twins. (laughs) But I'm thinking Alex Rodriguez, owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves, super biased Minnesota sports fan. I loved that A-Rod was in the booth, and maybe that was part of the good luck nature of a team that got a streak off its back. We're gonna win, Twins. Twins. We're gonna score. score. Here's how the final call sounded yesterday. There he goes. Now ball, diving stop. Barcelona, and he flips to Duran. They win. 18 is enough. The Twins get a postseason win, and they lead the Wild Court Series 
to nothing. Listen to the crowd. How about that? I mean, the cr- on fire. Listen to the crowd. It's got a little Minneapolis miracle feel to it in the background with the, every every Jimmy Knutson, King of the Rubes, Eighth Wonder of the World, Melissa Bermans. Everybody I know is dedicated and loves and goes to Minnesota Twins games. How crazy were they going yesterday, Nordo? I. It's the... We don't care, middle of the season, wins, losses, this guy's on a heater, this guy's on a slump. Just get us and show us something. Mm -mm. In the month of October, we show up in downtown Minneapolis when there's something to show up for. Mm. There's trepidation, there's fatalism, there's all of those things included. Mm. But you know we're going to be lubed up and ready and we're hashtag we believe in TC and all of those things. It was, I could almost hear them from St. Louis Park yesterday. They were so loud in the downtown area. And uh, it was a beautiful thing to watch and feel and experience yesterday. And uh, the manager of the Minnesota Twins, Rocco Baldelli, certainly noticed. 3-2 base. I thought the place was going to split open immensely. Like, it was out of this universe, out there, on the field. The fans took over the game. They helped us win today. They helped us win the game, and they helped us in, in so many ways out there. You could see it if you're just visually watching and, and seeing how the players were reacting on the other side of the field. The Minnesota Twins uh, beat the Toronto Blue Jays, and it came with presi- uh, precision. Sunny Gray, on a sunny day, can eradicate all that is a Blue Jay. Nine to noon is underway at Twin Cities Orthopedics Performance Center. Uh, and and if you, I mean, seriously, you just you just heard that little sounds of nine to noon, sounds of Philadelphia, uh, instrumental uh, uh, as as the as the music gets gets you fired up with the uh, soulful sounds of nine to noon. Royce Lewis just up here capturing the imagination of the nation. Michael K and A Rod uh, putting a dagger in <laughs> in that eighteen, and then Rocco just being straightforward saying, "You helped us win the game. We got these nice pitchers." Uh, anybody want to strike up that Louis Arise Pablo Lopez conversation again? We got Pablo, and we got Royce Lewis, who's capturing the imagination of the nation. But you guys, you guys, you fans helped us win the game today. How excited are you if you're heading to Target Field today for the three three eight against a, a a pitcher for whom you used to root, Jose Barrios, going for the Blue Jays? And you get a chance to dagger the Toronto Blue Jays against Jose Barrios, who used to make memories for you. Now, Trevor Plouffe uh, was a former teammate with uh, Jose Barrios. Uh, he's one of um, uh, uh, he's he's a contributor who will join nine to noon today at about eleven oh three. But he's part of a long, winding, common thread conversation we will have today about the victorious Minnesota Twins. Where all we can say in nine to noon fashion at this stage is. Well done, and just give you a covenant claps for the precision and, and the execution and just the way things work yesterday for the two-decade losing. The two-decade losing trick, I mean, that whole thing was for the birds, but not the birds known as Blue Jays. Royce Lewis out here stealing the show with two home runs. Michael Taylor kept stealing hits, and today the Twins can rob Toronto 
of any baseball memory they felt they would have this year. Now, 9 to noon's about football and fastballs today, and we got Finchie tomorrow from Abu Dhabi, and that's going to be super sweet. It just, uh, it just, I mean, the Vikings beat the Panthers. The Twins, uh, stopped that for the Birds. Way too long, 18 year, uh, losing streak in the postseason. Finchie from the United Arab Emirates tomorrow. Maybe it's all coming together for us, Nordo. It's not a bad week. And, uh, well, little brown jugs on the line. Gophers in Michigan this weekend, too. We'll see. I actually saw a picture, uh, in my phone the other day of me holding the jug nine mm. years ago. Mm. Now, of things Is that and the streaks, last time you held a jug? That was the last time I've held, uh, one jug, two jugs, any amount of jugs. Hey. The, uh, the, the game was so clockwork yesterday. That was kind of the, the way you were framing it up with the Twins there is that was the weird part about the game as part of the trepidation and hoping streaks end and mm-hmm. getting off on the right foot and all of those things. Pablo Lopez just went out there and handled business. Mm-hmm. You get the early vibe from Polanco with the air thrown across third uh, from third base. It was just but otherwise other than that. Kid wakes out of wakes up, gets out of bed, gets off the IL, hits home runs. The defense was good. Donovan Solano comes out of nowhere. It was just such a smooth coast. I, I don't want to call it a coast, but a vibe to victory yesterday in game one. It was so awesome. Unlike nine to noon coming at you with controversy today involving the pitcher for the other team. Ooh. Kevin Gosman is the name, and tipping pitches, I swear, absolutely has to be the game. Now, I'm listening. So yesterday in the early stages of the game, uh, I watched the first inning, and then I opted to listen to Blue Jays radio for innings two and three. I like to hear adversarial takes. The analyst is in like the second or maybe third inning, and figuring out who this analyst was for the Toronto Blue Jays radio network, I mean, I, I think it's a cat named Joe Seidel. It could be Buck Martinez. Dan Schulman is their Vox. I mean, whether it's hockey or Blue Jays baseball, they just don't mess around with high-end talent with uh, what they do on radio and TV. So I'm listening to the adversarial broadcast, and the analyst says I, he had a feeling Kevin Gosman was, tip, the, was tipping pitches and that the Twins were getting hits. But basically, he, here's how he put it. The analyst said to Dan Schulman, I wonder if Kevin is tipping his pitches. There was word of that earlier this season when playing the Twins. So then, now I head in and I'm watching it on TV. Royce Lewis hits a home run. Alex Rodriguez makes mention of, in a roundabout way, tipping pitches or Royce knowing what's coming after that first home run. So now we go deep diving. Michael Rand of the Star Tribune wrote a wonderful piece June 6th is when it posted of 2022 about twins laying off Gosman splitters. Uh, and in fact, he even um, uh, quoted something from Aaron Gleeman, I believe from The Athletic, about the twins kind of knowing what was coming. I mean, this is unbelievable that that they may have been laying off Gosman's terrific splitter. It, it just has to be a thing. Yeah, It was a thing in 2022. The analyst, who may be Seidel, but it could be Buck Martinez, but it could be Gary Carter or Joe Carter, uh, uh, intimated it during the course of the broadcast. A-Rod dropped a little nugget on TV, which means he's talking to those with the Blue Jays that this has to be a thing. Yeah, We're, we're, we're letting Uncle Splitty sleep and mashing on other pitches. It, it has to be true. 
which is brilliant on our part, if true, because it means we not only won the baseball game, we won the Intel game. It's it's massive because it feels like that never happens to us, but it is very real. As I'm reading in the National Post, it's a Toronto paper, and this is the article from Rob Longley posted last night. Blue Jays starter Kevin Gosman chased early in wild card opener as twins seemed on to him. Hey! And See? Yes, exactly. This is a thing. He's chased early in the best of three wildcard series, Target Field, Minneapolis, leading to suggestions that the Jays' ace was tipping pitches. Thank you. In what ended up being a 3-1 Toronto loss. Thank you. He, he notes that uh, they walked uh, three walks in the first uh, first eight batters, hit a couple of home runs. We're laying off the split. Laying off the splitter. We're laying off the split. Pitches hey. tipped Gosman Gonzo hey. and the Twins winning. Uh, meanwhile, Lopez is a stud, five and two-thirds, giving yeah. up an earned run. It's the five-and-fly playoff bit we've mentioned a million times. Correct. Reyes saves Polanco, guns Bo Bichette. The bully, Varlin, two pitches, inning over. Theobar, ten pitches, inning over. Griffin Jacks, eight pitches, eighth inning, dead, and conquered. Then Duran comes in with a couple of strikeouts in the ninth, and the losing streak is dead. The Jays are dead. The crowd ignites. The Jays are reeling. They're tipping pitches, and nine to nudes incredibly happy right now. Congratulations, Minnesota Twins, for winning the baseball game and winning the Intel game and laying off Uncle Splitty. They knew Splitty was coming. It has to be a thing. It came up in 2022, and I'm listening to their to their analytical Vox on their radio network in innings two and three, and, and he brings it up to Shulman. Yeah. And then A-Rod drops a little nugget, a crouton that ends up being a chef salad. We're laying off Uncle Splitty. We beat you in the Intel game, and they'll beat you today to go uh, 2-0 and and get ready for <clears throat> the uh, the Houston Astros, but we'll deal with that later. Nah, 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 nah. Uh, <laughs> football and fastballs today around the corner, 9 to noon, courtesy of TimberTech and TimberTech.com. What's on boots? Minnesota Vikings defensive backs coach, Durante Jones. That's coming up around the corner, but first we got the fan. The fan. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Dean empty backfield, three receivers left, two right. 21-13 Minnesota, Bryce Young between the hash marks. Takes the Bozeman snap, four-man rush. He's hit, and he's sacked! He is hit and sacked and taken down by the player of the game, Harrison Smith. 
with his third sack this game. His second sack as he throws his helmet in joy to the Viking sideline. First time he ever had a two-sack game in his career. This is his 169th game. Well, he has three sacks today. He's Harry the Hitman with those three sacks. And uh, to discuss that and uh, much more, including the state of uh, the secondary and the state of the skull, is uh, one of our very favorites here, Durante Jones. He's the defensive backs coach for the Minnesota Vikings as we originate from Twin Cities Orthopedics Performance Center. And um, and Durante, first of all, uh, good morning and thank you very much for joining us. Things well? Oh, uh, yes. Thank you for having me. Appreciate My man. Uh, so three sacks. How about this? And, and you probably know this. Sam Newton with um, uh, Spearfish Sammy with uh, Media Relations put me on this yesterday. Harrison is a half sack from joining uh, these luminaries. It was, he has 34 interceptions and 19 and a half sacks. So he's a half sack from joining six Hall of Famers with at least 30 interceptions and 20 sacks. Uh, they would include guys who could play a little bit, including like Charles Woodson and Ray Lewis and Brian Dawkins and Jack Ham, Nick Bonacani, and Larry Wilson. Wow. I mean, Hitman's played quite some time, so you're going to build stats when you're smart and you're good and you, rel- you stay relatively healthy. But seriously, I mean, if he gets another half sack and joins those names, that's fantastic, man. That's a great company to be in. Mm, yeah. mm. Uh, what um, uh, What do you appreciate genuinely, uh, now that you've been with Harrison a little bit a couple of times, uh, about his approach to the game? His professionalism. You know, Harry's a guy, he's been around, he's seen a lot. But every day he comes to work uh, trying to learn more, trying to enhance what he already knows, um, understanding that the game is constantly changing and he's trying to implement that especially with the young players in the young room so you can just see how he's continuing to grow in his own way and then trying to help the team grow as well do do have you noticed since like you started organized team activities just with brian flores approach to defense and then of course working with you how like for a guy like Harry, he's so smart, and, and he has outside interests. And I've always just felt like if Harrison Smith, under the cover of darkness, was like, oh, you know what, I think, I think I'm going to be done and, like, move on with different things. Like, Harrison is kind of like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when, when the deal was reworked and he gets here, and just to, to talk to him either personally or, or watch some of the interviews, how stimulated and excited he was about whatever he was looking at that we're starting to see now. Did you sense that? Yes, and he's even had that conversation, just how rejuvenated he felt uh, being in a system that allows everyone to be attacking Mm. um, and kind of dictating the terms and um, to be back in that mode to similar to how he was used and the system that he was in, you know, back in the early Zim years. Yeah. he was like, this seems exciting. Like, you know, I've never been a part of a defense like this. Mm. Um, and so he was intrigued by that. And the more he heard, the more conversations he was having with Flo, you know, he got excited even more. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you kind of saw that come to fruition this past week. And, and I mean, you know more about it than, than us. It's not even close. But blitzing is an art, right? I mean, it's not like, you know, you can see players coming from different angles and we got four linebackers, you know, up here on the line, two mugging the A-gap, Davenport and Hunter over here. I'm like, I can't say I've ever seen that. Uh, but but nevertheless, it doesn't mean everybody can blitz or sell the blitz the right way, correct? That is true. Uh, one of Harry's trademarks is his timing. Um, he has the ability to time blitzes very well. Um, his disguise, he knows he's targeted by opponents. And so when they see him within a certain amount of yards from the line of scrimmage, 
you know, alarms start to go off. Um, but yet and still, he has the ability to show down and get out in coverage or be in coverage and, you know, activate the pressure. So um, that's one of the best things he has. And then when he blitzes, he has a, a knack for getting home and, do, beating, and beating blocks. Uh, Durante, do you happen to notice, like, like guys like, let, let's say Cam Bynum, okay, who's like double-digit tackle guy every single game, and, and he's in his third year, and I'll never forget when he debuted. We're in Baltimore. Harry gets bit, and it's like morning of the game. Uh, and, and it's like Cam didn't get any reps during the week. Now he's picking off Lamar Jackson and sacking him. And it was just a, a, something I'll never forget how Cam just jumped in there and fit in. Or like from Cam down to Jay Ward or whomever, a Caleb Evans in his second year. DBs, those in your room, like specifically Cam, looking up to Harrison, picking him for information and like drawing inspiration from him. Do you notice that? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a reason why Cam sits right next to Harry in the meetings. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And so uh, that, that, that course, that row, it's, it's, <laughs> it's Cam to Cam's right. It's Harry to Cam's left. It's Josh Metellus. And those three are just wow. constantly talking the entire time. Yeah. Uh, Cam takes meticulous notes. I mean, his notes are color-coded. Um, you know, you see the Berkeley out of it that comes out of him. <laughs> but he's always picking Harry's mind. Yeah. And, and Harry's always giving him some tidbits. So even if, you know, I make a coaching point, Harry would then say, you know, you know, also look at it this way uh, from a player's perspective. Yeah. Um, so he's given Cam all those insights that can help him yeah. in his career. So so is 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 Josh Metellus your guy? Is he Petten's guy? Is he Saravo's guy? Like, like, He's the Vikings guy. He's the Vikings guy. I know that. But, like, Metellus is an inside linebacker. He's an outside linebacker. He's a corner. He's a safety. You know, and he's still learning all of this on the fly. You know what I mean? He he, he jokes a couple of times and says, he's like, Coach, I should just change my position to athlete on the uh, roster, like coming out yeah. of college days. But uh, would well, be nice you know, if he, you can get paid he, for each spot. I know, right? But, no, Josh is smart. Uh, you know, he's very cerebral. Um, and the ability to pick up the defenses in various positions um, just gives us more versatility. Durante Jones, DB's coach for the Minnesota Vikings. They hooked the champions this weekend at 325 on KFAN at U.S. Bank Stadium. What's it like being a defensive backs coach with the way Brian Flores wants things done? It's exciting, actually. It's, uh, you know, we're we're in the conventional, non-conventional type of things. Um you know, he's very insightful in terms of how he wants things done and the kind of the vision. Um, and so we have a lot of dialogue that way and then trying to figure out what's the best picture that we can present to our opponents and to our defense uh, that gives us the best opportunity. So it's been nothing but a pleasure learning from a guy who has so much mm. of a wealth of knowledge. And, and football being the ultimate team game, you know, where it's A has to get to B and has to get to C, and if yes. D messes up, then the whole thing gets an F. Correct. Potentially, and somebody's going 70 the wrong way. Correct. But nevertheless, how do Davenport, Hunter, Wanham, and Jones best benefit your guys? Oh, and they're occupying one-on-ones and uh, working mismatches on the, up front on, mm -hmm. the, on the offensive line. And just the ability to speed up the, the quarterback. Um, naturally, that always helps. That's kind of we always talk about coverage and rush working together. Um, so that it's been, it was a pleasure seeing Davenport out there. Yeah. And just seeing how that all ties in with him and mm -hmm. the Neil and then Wanham and Marcus you know, is Pat. so strong. It's, oh, my God. It was, it was impressive to see 
Um, and we're excited about you know what what to come. And and I remember Marcus as a, a four three right defensive end for New Orleans, and occasionally sliding inside like say Brandon Graham for the Eagles on nickel situations, you know. But I'd never seen him do the full time stand up, move around, float, you know that whole thing. And like you know, five plays into it, I'm like, okay, okay, <laughs> I get it. You know, with uh, with missing Marcus and putting the, those four together when they're on the line when yes. you got Davenport. And Hunter outside, and Jones and Wanham feigning or threatening the A gap. I mean, I would imagine there there are a lot of things you guys can do off that. Yeah, you try to build week by week um, and see how this thing can grow. Um, so we're still in like the, as he calls it, the infancy stage yeah. of some things. But yeah, we're excited. About but it. but that's don't you? Th- I mean that that's just part of the process. Whether exactly. somebody's getting behind somebody at Philadelphia, and you got you know I saw Flores through my binoculars tapping his chest on the bench, almost like a hey, you know, like my bad or some, something like that, which I love vulnerability, and you, know, you don't always have to have the right answer, which is really cool. But you know that it's just developing practice by practice, game by game, week by week, and 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 through all of that, you now get Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And and with Patrick, um, which probably means best laid plans that you can put together just might have to change on the fly because he just turns that thing in, into like a playground game, right? He, he is special. The, the way he had extends the play, uh, he can throw off his back foot and put it on a rope. Um, mm. You know, some of the throws you watch in tape that he makes. You know, going to the left, but throwing to the right, or to the right, throwing to the left. It's just, it's very impressive. And you can see why he's accomplished so much in this profession and, and, and more to come. But uh, definitely game plan for him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, it's going it's to be, be exciting. It's yeah. going to be exciting. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, you know, our guys are really prepared. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's cliche as it is, man. I said it to O'Connell yesterday when I taped an interview for tonight at 6.30. To be the best, you have to beat the best. And it doesn't mean if you don't win this game that you can't do good things down the road. But, I mean, this is it has to be super exciting for your guys. Last one. And and off Patrick and, and other players like him, Brady in the past and stuff, do, do players have to guard against being in awe of players like Patrick Mahomes sometimes during the game? Or is that not a thing? No, I don't think it's. Uh, and this is coming from my perspective. I don't. I don't see that. Mm-hmm. I don't see that all on this uh, out there. I think once guys get inside the lines, the competitive nature steps in, and they look at it as uh, we're all men on the field at that time, and um, they have a job to do, and they're going to go out there and do the to, do it to the best of their ability. And uh, everyone's trying to win and compete, so I don't think that happens. A fantastic work, man, and I really appreciate you stopping by. Best of luck against those KC Chiefs, and have a good day, okay? Thanks, PA. Thanks for having me. No problem. Durante Jones, DB's coach for the Minnesota Vi- Florio from PA on the fan. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Father of mine, tell me where have you been? You know I just closed my eyes. My heart- 
Back to the Minnesota Twins-related conversation at uh, about 10 o'clock off that playoff victory yesterday. But uh, right now we are very, very happy to chat with Mike Florio of ProFootballTalk.com, owner and operator and creator, also an author of uh, books called Father of Mine, Playmakers, and uh, they would be wonderful, wonderful ideas uh, for Christmas gifts uh, for the book reader and or sports fan in your covenant. ProFootballTalk.com to learn more about that. And here comes Michael. Um, you feeling okay off uh, that bout with COVID? Well, you know, I thought I tested negative earlier today, but the longer that the test sat here, uh, a thin line started to creep in to the sample portion underneath the control. So I think you still test positive for a while after you recover. I feel pretty good. This is the best I felt. I had not been stung by the COVID bug yet, three and a half years I went. Our big concern was keeping it away from other family members, specifically my in-laws who happened to be here last Tuesday night, mm. just as I was starting to to not feel right, although I thought it was allergies overpowering the medications I take to keep them in check. So for anybody out there who's had it, and I'm sure many have, it does stink. I mean, the fever and the chills and just the malaise and all that is not good. And then you worry, who else did I get sick? How how bad is this going to get? Yada, yada, yada. Next thing you know, you're out of the woods, and I'm feeling pretty good and, and good. back at it. Not that I ever left. We took Friday off of PFT Live, but mm-hmm. it made me very productive when it came to posting at PFT because I had mm. nothing else to do. I'm locked mm. in a dungeon. I have Internet. I have my computer. And off I went. Now, now the uh, the the one time that I know I had COVID, I had it for forty eight hours, and the fatigue is it's the the strangest, deepest, most deeply rooted, weird thing that I've ever felt in my life. Did 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 that fatigue overcome you at all? I had fatigue, but not as bad. I actually think I had it undiagnosed back in early twenty twenty. Yeah, 2020, I'm doing the math. It was back when when we were still wondering what it was. I had been in California for a playoff game, and when I was in Miami for the Super Bowl, the first couple of days of the week, I was just completely and totally wiped out and had a really bad cough after that for a while. So I think I had it before we knew it was a thing. I wasn't as fatigued as I was that week, but I slept a lot, hydrated, and just accepted i got to ride this thing out. And I did. Once I got used to being stuck in one room, actually two rooms in my house, that's fine. I'm going to clean out these rooms very thoroughly in the next couple of days because you Mm. build up bowls and cups and crap. And so you just deal with it and you get through it and you move on. Unfortunately, there's enough happening in the NFL and college football. I watched a lot of college football on Saturday. So there's enough happening that carried me through it. Did did missing the game Sunday night at MetLife bug you in any way? I didn't miss the game. What do you mean oh. missing the game? Oh, I thought you um, I thought I thought you were going to take off a couple of Sundays. That's what uh, that's what I read via tweet. No, I'm staying home. I was home. I contributed. Thank oh. you for watching the pregame show on Got NBC. You. I did yeah, I my full it. workload from home. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean sorry. isolation, but I got the yeah. whole studio upstairs. I did it the exact way. I did it all mm-hmm. of 2020. All of 2021, and roughly half of last Got year, it. I, I did it from here. It's yeah, great. my bad. We were Miracle flying back. Technology, and it's yeah. funny because I got the real time feed from the stadiums, mm-hmm. watching the games throughout the day, mm-hmm. and I was hooked into the NBC viewing room through our real time Zoom type connection, and I was actually getting the feed three, four seconds faster than they were here in West mm. Virginia. 
Yeah, we um uh, we were flying back from Charlotte, so um so I apologize for missing yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Dealing with that shop, I know. So uh, now the um, plane, shirtless with chains. Dancing, I know. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. There was no, there was no Kirko chains, no, no Kirko bangs after a victory number one. Now, well, uh, not we'll after a hundred yard interception return for a touchdown. That that would be a chain free celebration. Mm. Mike, it was nine. It was ninety nine. It wasn't one hundred. Okay. Franchise record for the Panthers. <laughs> the the Kansas City Chiefs being here this weekend. The it, it's just clear to me, man, that the Chiefs crave regular season stimulation. I mean, I'm not saying that they don't care if they lose because they do, but they don't care if games are close. They 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 just want the playoffs, and of course, they tag the Jets right at the finish line, and that that stim that regular season stimulation fix was fed. You follow me on that? They are very prone to a couple of things. One, they'll score 28 points in a quarter. And two, they'll have their foot slip off the gas pedal after they do it. Right. And that's what happened to them on Sunday night at MetLife. They got up 17 nothing, And they just kind of lost their way. They don't have that killer instinct. They don't have the knockout punch. The Cowboys have the knockout punch. If the Cowboys start to build a lead, they will take you down. It will be 40 to nothing, 30 to 10, 38 to 3, 40 to 3, as you witnessed last year, and my son and his friends did as well. The Chiefs will let you hang around. That's what's fun about this Chiefs dynasty. They aren't like the dynasties of the past where it got boring, where they're blowing people out. Every game is interesting. Every playoff game is a threading of the needle blindfolded, and they figure out a way to do it. So that's what gives the Vikings hope. The Chiefs are vulnerable just because the Chiefs never put a full game together. They never blow anyone off the field. And the Vikings are good enough to play with them. The question is, when the chips are down, will the Vikings deliver against them? The Chiefs have the knack for delivering. Some would say they've been aided by the officials. But the Chiefs have a knack for delivering. And the Vikings have a knack recently, but for... Sunday when everything turned on a dime with the Harrison Smith strip sack and the DJ Wanham rumble to the end zone, the Vikings haven't had that knack lately. This is a great opportunity for the Vikings to change the narrative and to show that they can play with the best of the best. A great hell of an opportunity. They got to view it that way. I had a I had a teacher in high school who called tests opportunities. Never called it a test or an exam. It was an opportunity. Because it was an opportunity to show what you can do. And it's right. an opportunity for the Vikings on Sunday. And they had that week two at Philadelphia, and um, and they you know in the short week or whatever. I mean, they if if the JJ pylon dive thing does not end up being a fumble, I mean, shoot, they very well could have won the game, but they didn't. And copyright Bill Parcells, I've heard you say it before, you've written it. You you are what your record says you are, and the team is one and three. But if it, it, it's such a strange one and three for the Vikings as we've discussed, like like watching the Giants on Monday night football now granted no saquon but like that one in three is so markedly different than the one in three here you know what i mean the giants are a disaster right now i I saw ed donatel's name trending on tuesday morning and i wondered why in the hell the vikings fired defensive coordinator's name was trending i don't even know where he is right now why is he trending he's trending because all the giants fans are upset that ed donatel's swiss cheese without the cheese defense forced them to pay Daniel Jones $40 million a year, and they're stuck with him for another season. It's not Daniel Jones' fault. They have no offensive line. 
with the New York Giants. There's a clip out there of a four-man rush from the Seahawks completely swallowing up the Giants' offensive line and giving Daniel Jones no opportunity to do anything. He didn't have time to pee his pants. They were on him that fast. So there are different one-and-threes. The Vikings are a one-and-three that easily could be four and oh the jets are a one and three that feels like it's about to be two and three and maybe will end up being a lot better because they turned a corner against the chiefs the giants are one and three and they are a sinking stone right now and they go to miami and they have the bills on sunday night after that the giants feel like they are done the vikings feel like they are still very much alive. Everything is in front of them. Forget about the three losses and keep moving forward. You know, that's what Bobby Wagner told the Seahawks after they lost to the Rams week one. And, like, what a disaster. You lose at home to a division rival that everybody thought was going to stink. Forget about it. It's not like college football where a loss or two ends your hopes. You keep going and you start racking up wins and you forget about the losses. Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com, Sunday night's football night in America on uh, NBC, CARE 11 as we go here in the cornfields. And I'm also the author of Father of Mine and Playmakers, ProFootballTalk.com for info. Now, with, with the Panthers languishing and and the Bears being winless, I mean, seriously, the Bears might end up with the, the first two overall picks in the 2024 draft. I mean, it's it, it's it's a longer shot, but it's not an impossible shot, you know? Well, one of the complications is they play each other. <laughs> so somebody's got to win that game unless they Great tie. Point. And that's a Thursday night Amazon Prime game. I wonder if Al Michaels either won't show up or God knows what he'll say. <laughs> and I can't blame him when he goes to that game coming up yeah. like November 9th. It's before right. Thanksgiving. It's sometime next month. But they're both bad for different reasons. The Bears just feel hopeless. The Bears feel dysfunctional. The Bears are right now the most dysfunctional team in all of football. Everything that can go wrong is going wrong. They've yeah. got the Chase Claypool angle. Justin Fields hasn't developed the way that people thought that he would. They just feel lost. And you wonder how much longer Kevin Warren, the former Vikings executive, who's now the president of that team and presumably has the power to hire and fire the football personnel, how much longer is he going to deal with it? Will they even make it to the end of the season? I don't know, but it's a mess for Matt Eberflus and company. They get a chance on Thursday night. For Al Michaels to probably make a few comments that we'd all be thinking when he makes those comments when the Bears take on the Commanders. We get a chance to see if the Bears can turn it around, but it feels like they're in a hole that they just can't get out of. And then the Vikings have them next weekend, uh, a game that the Vikings need to win if the Vikings have any hope of turning around this, this struggling early season start. Well, I mean, with the Bears having the Panthers' first-round pick because of that Bryce Young thing, and, and I mean, they're winless, and both teams are winless. So if they end up with the first, like, one and two or one and three, I mean, obviously the trading opportunities there are bountiful to set you up for years if, if you know what you're doing. But But if this quarterback's draft is as deep as everybody says it is, what about the Bears taking two of those quarterbacks and manipulating a bunch of trades and stuff like that. Shoot, they might even trade Justin Fields if anybody wants him. You know what I mean? Well, I think you would move on from Fields before you even get to the draft. They thought about it last year, and Fields was still in that zone of he could break good, he could break bad, we just didn't know. And right now it's breaking the wrong way. And Is it him? Is it coaching? I don't know, but it's not working. And if they had known 
back in April, what they know now, clearly they take C.J. Stroud with that first pick. They just stay put and they take C.J. Stroud. But then there's the question of whether or not they would have developed. And that's the thing that we lose sight of. Just because a rookie quarterback develops with one team doesn't mean he would develop with a different team. And that's the challenge the Bears are going to be facing. There was something making its way around social media yesterday, and I never saw that it was attributed to anybody who would have any real accountability. So I haven't done anything with it. I was on the score in Chicago, and they mentioned it to me, that Caleb Williams has a list of five teams he wants to play for, and the Bill or the Bears, excuse me, aren't one of them. Mm. So if the Bears have that first overall pick, and Caleb Williams enters the draft, and he doesn't want to play for them, what do they do? Wow. So that that's going to be part of this analysis. If there are quarterbacks out there, and I think we're getting to a point where the best of the best, especially quarterbacks, are going to start saying to these teams that are inherently dysfunctional and they don't want to play for, I'm not coming to your team. I'm not right. going to do it. They're going to make the John Elway, Eli Manning power play that we see once every 20 years. I think we're going to see that soon, and we're going to see it more often moving forward, and the Bears could be on the short end of that as soon as next year. No, especially if, if you're like Caleb Williams and, and you're in a big market like Los Angeles and your name, image, likeness, your NIL, is bringing in three and a half, four million dollars. I mean, that, that, that gives you some decision-making money there, right? Well, he's got two things he can do. Three things, really. One, you can enter the draft and accept whatever team takes you and make chicken salad. Two, you can stay at USC for another year and do it all over again, but that still doesn't insulate you from eventually being in a position where the worst team in football who has earned it has the ability to quote-unquote draft you. The other thing you can do is just say, I'm not playing for you. I'll yeah. sit out. I'll bank the money that I've made, and I'll live off of that. That's the one area where the power dynamic has dramatically changed to the player. When you have a Caleb Williams who has multiple years of NIL money who doesn't need to go play in the NFL right away, I'll sit out for a year, and that will either force the team that drafted me to trade me to a team that I'll play for, or it will be a strong message to the team the next year, I'll do it again. The way it works in the NFL, if you sit out two full drafts, you become an undrafted free agent and you can sign with anyone you want. The problem is wow. your rookie pay is limited mm -hmm. because you're, you're caught up in that rookie wage scale and there's only so much money available for undrafted free agents. But if you're going to make a bunch of money off of endorsements, etc., who cares? Right. And after two years, I think they can redo your deal and off you go from there. So that's the ultimate nuclear option for a Caleb Williams or any other player of that quality. You can sit out two years and you can pick whichever team you want to play for without anyone having to trade for you. Uh, this, by the way, um, in, in less than ballyhooed fashion, because one team is one and uh, both teams are one and three. It's the Nathaniel Hackett, Sean Payton week. Kind of under the cover of darkness, which, you know, this, this, this was big when, when, when Peyton acted the fool with USA Today guy and his background or whatever, but he still said it and it got out there. It's the Hackett Peyton week. What do you think? Well, look, the Jets have shown enough in their loss to the Chiefs that they seem to be on the right track. And the bottom line is if they don't beat the Broncos, Everything they did on Sunday night is, is squandered. Squandered, right? Well, and that, that's it means a, nothing if they don't right. win this game. So the Sean Payton, Nathaniel Hackett stuff takes a back seat. The mm -hmm. Jets have to win this game 
or what they did on Sunday night was meaningless. Right, but, I mean, they did lose that game, but still they pushed the champs to but the But they, they, they've turned the corner. We talked earlier about one and threes. Yeah. There are different types of one and threes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they, they may have caught a board Chiefs team, but nevertheless, that's all good. They still pushed him to the wire. Um, that, that, if How much trouble are the Packers in, if if any? I mean, just off the last time we saw them. What do you think? Well, you, you can't fall behind 24 nothing, 17 nothing, et cetera, at home and expect to be a competitive team. Matt LaFleur was as pissy as I've ever seen him. I don't know if I can say that on your show, but I just did. In the interview at the start of the second half on Thursday night, and sometimes you have to show that, and then he was pissy after the game. When he was asked the question of why they lost or why they fell behind as badly as they did, and he he tried to call it a BS question, which was BS in and of itself. It's a fair question. Why did you fall behind at home on a Thursday night as badly as you did? Was your team not ready? Were they out physical at the line of scrimmage on both sides? Why did you? You know, this is a team that the Packers owned for 30 years at home, and now all of a sudden they can't beat the Lions. So it's red alert for the Green Bay Packers after losing the way they did to the Lions. And the Lions are clearly the team that's the class of that division. The Vikings don't see them until late, and the Vikings get two cracks at them. But right now the Lions are the team that we have to look to as the best team in the division, clearly. Well, there's no doubt. And, and in fact, we can cast the gaze the way of the NFC. And it's super early, so rights to, uh, to change the opinion. But just how good do you believe the Lions can be, like playoff advancing good? Well, I think I said last week that they fall into that category of wild card round, maybe win division round, that's when you face one of the great teams in the NFC that you just can't compete with. And it all comes down to Jared Goff. They're fine with Jared Goff until they realize there's a ceiling on how far Jared Goff can take them, just like the ceiling on how far Kirk Cousins can take the Vikings. And are they content to be a Final 8 team, a Final 14 team every year, or do they want more than that? That's what they're going to have to ask themselves before they extend Jared Goff's contract, because I think he can only take them so far. And he was talking big after last week's game. They can play with anybody. They can beat anybody, yada, yada. Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles, I don't think they can. That said, when you look at the schedule, when you look at the fact they're going to run roughshod over the division, quite possibly, they could fatten it up and be the number one seed in the NFC, and then everybody's got to come to them. That may make it a little bit different when it's time to go play those playoff games. Now, now lastly, I, I fully believe the Bengals will find a way to win against the, the Arizona Cardinals. They're, they're three-point favorites. It is a road game. But, but, I mean, what if they don't? And I mean, like the Cardinals had the Giants dead to rights and then embarrassingly gave it up, and then they blew out the Cowboys, so they're weird in their own right. But, I mean, from one and three, this, this is unbelievable what's happening to the Cincinnati Bengals right now, Mike. Well, it's as simple as Joe Burrow's not healthy. They should have shut him down for all of training camp, all of the preseason, and into the regular season until he was 100%, just as receiver Jamar Chase was saying they should do. They rushed him back. He aggravated the injury, and it's never going to be the same until they shut him down. And I think they thought about doing it. I don't know. They signed, like, two extra quarterbacks. I think they were at least pondering the possibility before the week three game against the Rams, and it worked. They won that game. But you can't win consistently with a one-legged quarterback unless that one-legged quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. So the Bengals, at one and three, the the bottom line is, um, as they get closer to the end of the road, they're losing games. They got a couple of really tough games coming up. 
you get to one and five. If they would lose this game, go to one and four, lose again, one and five. I don't know how many losses they can take before it's over. Uh, Michael, thank you very much for joining the radio show. Glad that uh, you're feeling a lot better, and uh, we will give you a ring next week, all right? All right, see you, pal. See you, bud. Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com, and uh, author of uh, Bookers. And again, you can learn more about that at ProFootballTalk.com. I'm Paul Allen. Eric Nordquist produces 9 to noon on site at Twin Cities Orthopedics Performance Center. Maxwell Fuller guides the great ship Love Covenant from FM 100.3 KFAN and the 651 Carpets Plus Studios. And um, around the corner, we are going to celebrate not only Royce Lewis, but some shining stars. And about an hour and 10 minutes from now, uh, former twin Trevor Plouffe will join 9 to noon to uh, discuss the twins' thrilling victory yesterday. And uh, we will do all of that 9 to noon at K. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.